Subtropical Storm Alberto gives us a very early and a very dangerous start to the hurricane season. Donald Trump gets the Oprah bug and hands out pardons to everyone in the studio audience. And the Alexa Echo proves it is spying on you by sending one family's private conversations to a random person. And that was weird. And those were all big stories, but not quite large enough to make it to the top 10. So what stories were the best 10 stories, as per you saying in social media? We'll find out in just a moment here on the Weekly Wrap-Up Show with me, Jake Cleveland Payne, from This Is a Conversation. This is for the week ending June the 2nd, 2018. Welcome to the show. My name is Jay Cliven Payne. I am a person obsessed with the news and obsessed with talking about it, but had a very, very weird idea. What if I didn't just talk about the news that I want to talk about? I talk about the news that you want to talk about. And we created this show, the weekly wrap-up show from This Is Conversation, to do just that. So how do we get our information? How do we count things down from 10 to 1 and all the way down to 138 this week? What's simple? We post stories all week long in our social media feeds attached to our main website, which is, of course, thisisconversation.com. But if you follow us on Twitter at TH underscore conversation or on Facebook at This Is Conversation, you will see the stories come through your feed all week long. They come from reputable sources, most of them. Some come from some weird sites, but mostly they come from the mainstream media sites. And even though they may get stuck with chirons and main headlines that are breaking for days that are the same story, we try to sprinkle up with all sorts of stories, stories that are cool, stories that are awesome, stories that are really, really weird, and stories that may mean more to you in the heart than it is in the wallet. We'll see how it works out when we get to the countdown this week and how you thought things came down. And we had some very interesting results this week. We'll get to those when we do our housekeeping in section number two. Now, of course, section number one is the top ten, and we have talked about splitting the top ten up into two sections. Not happening this week. We'll have one full segment one for ten to one. Housekeeping comes second, and then we will wrap things up with the almost relevant story of the week. That's where we talk about the story at the very bottom of the list uh, going from Friday to Friday. And that story number for this week, 136, 136, I miscounted on that one. And then we'll round up the top 15. Some of the stories you put in the T's are in the top 15, not quite top 10 material. And if there's time allotted, we'll go through a couple of extra headlines of things that just sort of randomly pop up to run out of time. So with that, let's get on with the show, literally get on with the show, and start off with our story at the number 10 spot for this week. The source for the number 10 story this week is the New York Daily News website. The headline from that story is this, Chelsea Manning safe after tweeting alarming photo hinting suicide. We posted this story, of course, on Monday, the 28th of May. Here's a few lines from the article as it came down. Chelsea Manning alarmed her friend Sunday night with a pair of sense-deleted tweets in which she contemplated suicide. The U.S. Senate candidate, a former soldier and whistleblower who was hoping to unseat a Maryland Democrat sharing a jarring photo of what appeared to be her posted to jump from the ledge of an unidentified high-rise building. The figure in the photo was wearing pink pajamas and had painted toenails. It's unclear where the photo was taken. A quote, I'm sorry, I tried, I'm sorry I let you down, unquote, Manning wrote. She continued, I'm not really cut out for this world. I tried to adapt into this world out here, but I failed you. I couldn't do this anymore. I can't take people I don't know hating me, but not my own friends. I tried, and I'm sorry about my failure. So the posts were flooded with basically well wishes on Chelsea Manning and her safety. And later on, she, of course, let people know that she was safe and deleted the 
alarming tweets. But this does go to prove that there are some issues that Chelsea Manning is dealing with on the post side of all the post sides that she's dealing with and that maybe her being so public might not be the best route for her at this time or even at all. We'll see how this plays out later on down the line. This week's ninth story gets a bump of response of 0.07%, so that small of a bump, but they get really crazy after a while. We'll get to that in just a bit. Uh, we posted this on Friday, May 25th. It got updated. The original headline from CNN, Canada Restaurant Explosion, 15 People Injured at Bombay Bill near Toronto. The updated headline turned into, Two Men Wanted After Blast Injures 15 People at Restaurant Near Toronto. A few lines from the actual article. A manhunt is on in Canada after two men detonated an improvised explosive device, injuring 15 people late Thursday inside a restaurant in Mississauga, Ontario, near Toronto, police said. There is no indication there is a terrorist attack. There is no indication this is a hate crime, quote from Peel Regional Police Chief Jennifer Evans said, sat, said Friday during the news conference. At this time, we have ruled out ev- ev- we've ruled out anything as we start the investigation. This story is actually a holdover from last week, something that was high enough in the late ends for last week to turn into something for this week, why it is a part of what we're doing today. Posted on Friday, got in late, if you will, on Friday, uh, last Friday, and so it is a latish edition from the early edition from last week. The number eight story this week, bump a response of 35.16%. The headline, Danica Patrick's professional racing career comes to an end as she crashes out at Indy 500. This story we sourced from CBS News, and we posted on Sunday, May 27th, of course, as the race was going on. Now, interesting thing about this headline is the Indy 500. It's, of course, every Memorial Day, a big-time event. But it was the bigger events or the bigger story this week that be posted to come up in the ranks than the actual winner of the event. That distinction goes to Will Power, another great racer with a great name, his first win in the event. Let's read a few lines from the CBS News headline on the actual Danica Patrick story. Danica Patrick's racing career ended in a wreck in turn two at the track that made her famous. Patrick had been running near the middle of the pack in Indianapolis 500 when she lost control, slid hard into the outside wall, then caromed caromed, across the track and hit the inside barrier. The rest of the field missed Patrick as she came to rest on Innsfield grass. So Danica Patrick crashed herself and is now, of course, was her last race in IndyCar, now done going to do other things. We get political and international for the number seven story. The headline, Irish Times exit poll projects Ireland has voted by landslide to repeal Eighth Amendment. This one posted on Friday, May 28th, May 25th, I should say, I'm sorry. And it has a bump response from the eighth story of 4.62%. Let's get into some lines from the story and then talk a bit about what it may actually mean to us here on this side of the world. Ireland has voted by a landslide margin to change the Constitution so that abortion can be legalized, according to an exit poll conducted for the Irish Times by Ipsos MRBI. The poll suggested that the margin of victory for the yay side in the referendum will be 68% to 32%, a stunning victory for the yes side after a long and often divisive campaign. More than 4,500 voters were interviewed by ISPO's MRBI, and they left polling stations on Friday. Sampling began at 7 a.m. and was conducted at 100 locations across the contuency, that's a word, throughout the day. The margin of error is estimated at plus or minus 1.5%. Counting votes began on Saturday, 9 a.m., with an official result expected to be declared in the afternoon. And the official result was that Ireland voted to repeal what's in their constitution, 
on abortion, making abortion legal per their constitution. Now, that's a bit of a tricky thing because the Irish Irish can do that, but only one part of Ireland actually did it. Both sides, if you will, didn't quite vote on the same referendum. And the United Kingdom, Britain, who has sort of lordomish over the entire area, has the right to let them do that or has the right to not let them do that or also has the right to bring it their, bring it their way. They can have a vote to make it all equal and the same for the U.K. It's possible. That gets really confusing on that end. It also brings up a very curious state of affairs we have here in the United States where abortion is actually legal. It is mostly legal, I should say. By the Supreme Court ruling, the abortion is a legal act. Although states have the right to put their own limits on to abortions, and some states are putting limits onto abortions that go beyond what the Supreme Court is giving, which is why there's a lot of big heartache and heartbreak about it. The pro-choice, pro-life debate is a very serious one, a very complicated one. It goes bigger than hearts and minds sometimes. But here in the states, it's it turns into a lot of it is feelings. Over there, we're not sure because it's over there. I don't live there. I don't know the full decency, the full decency of the debate. But it gets extra complicated with the way things work for the United Kingdom and Ireland and the places there as they all are part of each other. But at the same time, not quite. An accidental super story that would have got in by itself, but we accidentally posted this story twice within a span of about 10 hours, one in the evening and one the next morning, and realized that it was the same story, the same roller coaster. So we put them together for the numbers. Didn't make that much difference. It stayed essentially in the same spot uh, with the one story being already more progressed than the other. Posted on May 28th, this story, the headline is, Riders Get Stuck on Roller Coaster at Cedar Point Amusement Park. Bump and response of 67.96% in the actual story. So it changed the bump and response essentially from the 7 to the 6, at least the margin, but it didn't push it back past any other stories, top five or others. So, so we don't, we'll talk more about that in the, the housekeeping we'll do in the second segment. But let's get a couple lines from the one story we kept, the one headline link from ABC News 7, a local news story uh, from there. In Sandusky, Ohio, some people got stuck on a roller coaster for over an hour at Ohio Cedar Point Amusement Park due to a power outage on Monday. Millennium Force, one of the park's tallest roller coasters, towers at over 308 feet. A spokesman for Cedar Point in Sandusky says the park lost power Monday afternoon when a car hit a utility pole. Crews worked to restore power to a portion of the park to get riders back down safely. That is essentially the story. And there's plenty of tweets from Cedar Point, uh, the, the power people, the actual roller coaster people, and some pictures, amusing pictures of people stuck on the roller coaster there in Ohio. This past Monday in the United States was Memorial Day, the holiday that we have to salute and honor and memorialize those who gave their lives in wars abroad and some wars here to defend our nation and its values. And, of course, there's a lot of side jokes about Memorial Day, getting confused with Veterans Day and, of course, Armed Forces Day. But Memorial Day is a day set aside for the memorial, and a lot of very special things happen on that day. We'll have two, actually, top five stories on that. The top five this week is one that's one of the coolest. The 31st Rolling Thunder Rides into Washington, D.C. is the headline Sunday, May 27th. So this is posted uh, ahead of what was happening as they're preparing for Rolling Thunder. Reading from... From the Channel 10 News in D.C. site, hundreds and thousands of motorcyclists, veterans, and supporters descended on Washington, D.C. area for the 31st Rolling Thunder Ride on Sunday. 
As many as 500,000 riders were expected to make the annual trek across the Potomac River in Memorial Day tradition. Their mission is to highlight POWs and MIAs who are still not accounted for from the Vietnam War and other wars during a national time of remembrance. The ride began at the Pentagon around noon and went through National Mall at the end of West Potomac Park. There was a Rolling Thunder Speakers program at 1.30 p.m., musical tributes to veterans at 3 p.m., and a Memorial Day concert at the Capitol at the end of the day around 8 p.m. This is an awesome site where, as you said, over 500,000 people were gathered and lots of people on motorcycles. Rolling Thunder, a very loud and very boisterous, uh, well, not protest, uh, support for what they're looking for is to not forget about the guys who were missing in action and, of course, or, of course, still possibly prisoners of war from the Vietnam War specifically, but from all wars that we've had going on. Some weeks we have stories that just defy description, so the description we're given is the best way to give it. Here's the headline. Little Caesar's employee shoots and kills a man in a clown mask who attacked him with a wooden post and scissors. Yes, that actually happened. This posted on May 28th, a bump response of 12 Point two percent. Oh, by the way, the third, the Rolling Thunder story got a bump response of fifteen point seven nine percent. The Little Caesars from five to four of twelve point twenty two percent. And trust me, it gets even weirder from here. Let's read a little bit from the story we posted. Oddly enough, we posted from the Daily Mail of London, not from an American paper. A Little Caesars employee shot and killed a man in a clown mask who attacked him with a wooden post and scissors on Saturday night. Police revealed. Roberto Felicio, 28, was closing up the pizza shop in Holly Hill, Florida, around 11.50 p.m. when the man suddenly attacked him. Surveillance footage captured a man walking into the store, wearing the mask and carrying a wooden post in one hand. Cameras then captured the moment the man began hitting Felicio with the post just as the employee walked out of the side door of the shop. There's lots of pictures, lots of things going on. Felicio told police that the man repeatedly hit him in the face and shoulders with the post until it broke. When the post broke, the man allegedly pushed Felicio to the ground and tried to stab him with the scissors. That's when Felicio pulled out his concealed weapon and fired multiple rounds at the suspect. That's a quote according to the Holly Hill Police Chief Stephen Albrecht. Felicio said he fired four or five shots during all creation. He then got up, put the gun in the trunk of his car, and called police. So all's well that ends well. You should look for the story online uh, and look at some of the surveillance pictures of what's going on. It's really, really weird. We're now posting the links to the stories at our website with the posting of the podcast. So if you check it out there, go to thisisaconversation.com and select podcast. You'll see all our podcasts in the link there, and you can get today's podcast, and you can see the links for all the stories in the top ten. And, of course, you can see the video of this weirdness happening in the pizza parlor. This week's number three story is a prime example of why we wait till Friday morning to pull the numbers and not give it up on Thursday to get ready because we posted this as we found out about it on Thursday night. And this was a, this this one really, really blew up. It actually was the highest rated Twitter story of the week and we posted it literally last night. The headline, Kanye West holds album listening party in Wyoming. And this was the link to the live reaction in the live coverage of that five variety this one had a bump response from the four story of 42.03 percent that much higher in that much quick of time let's get to a quick couple of lines from the story that we posted from last night variety is on road to experience kanye west last minute album listening party in the rocky mountains with live updates as we reach peak kanye 
Wes had the idea last Friday to fly a plane load of media, radio DJs, and other influence to Wyoming to hear his new album, Yes, the Friday Before Memorial Day weekend. Def Jam staffers leaped into action and spent much of the weekend mobilizing and organizing people from both coasts as well as Europe, Australia, and Asia to fly out. Originally, the idea was to fly out 300 people to West's country retreat, but the number quickly was cut in half. On Tuesday, West's publicist called a few potential travelers to see if they were interested, but officials' emailed invites didn't arrive until Wednesday morning, just 24 hours before wheels up. So this is a crazy thing that he can do because he's Kanye, and he was able to mobilize a whole bunch of folks with an album release party, which, of course, released late at night. And if you're following the Twitter response, it is blowing up as you expect. This is why we wait to Friday to pull the numbers to record for this the Friday-Saturday show, because sometimes a Thursday story can sneak in, and sometimes a Thursday story can bolt in like crazy. This one counts as the bolting-ins kind of those stories. We're going to stick to the realm of music and go to a story that's got a had a massive response, and we'll get more explanation in the segment segment on some of the housekeeping bits and pieces. But this story, a bumpy response from the number three story of 146.7%, and this did get much of a head start because we posted it last Friday. Vivo is giving up its own website and apps. This one also a late addition to the Friday, so an early addition to the list. Friday, May 25th, when it was posted. This had a very, very massive response on Facebook, but not quite as much as the first number one story. We'll talk about that in the next segment. Let's get to a couple lines from the headline as we just read it. Vivo and YouTube have long been intertwined with one another, and while the former has been working on establishing itself as a standalone product and stepping outside the shadow of the world's largest video platform, Things haven't worked out too well, and now a chapter in the company's history is about to close. Vivo, the YouTube-style video platform owned by the major record labors in the music industry, announced today, that was May 24th, that it is planning on shuttering its consumer-facing website and consumer-facing apps. It isn't clear exactly when these items will be gone, but they are not long for this world, though that's not to say that Vivo is disappearing or closing up the brand. So, basically put, most of the company's uh, content is on YouTube. So if you know about Vivo, you're probably watching the videos on YouTube anyway. But Vivo is giving up all of the proprietary, the things they own, say that three times fast, uh, their apps, their websites, stuff like that, and just giving up on that part for the moment. There's probably some other plan in the works to make things work out. But for right now, Vivo is giving up on the things it owns and is going to live off of third parties, i.e. YouTube, which is basically where you're getting your Vivo right now anyway. And now to the crazy reaction, although heartfelt reaction for the number one story this week. It had a bump in response from the number two story, from the number two story of 941%. From the number 10 story, that is the story on Chelsea Manning uh, of 11,254%. And on the almost relevant story at number 136, it had a bump response of 160,000. 122 percent that's how much more relevant this one is and we'll get more into it in the housekeeping segment but the posting we gave you was actually an old story while the trending of the story was new uh when looking for a story with substance sort of had words when just video i found a story off of fox news and that story was posted about a, about a year ago to be honest although newer stories popped up and is an issue that is comes to mind every Memorial Day specifically because it goes along the lines with what, what we're doing with the soldiers who need to be buried coming back from wars. The headline we posted, Arlington National Cemetery slowly running out of space, 
reaches out to the public. Let's read a couple lines from the actual story. Arlington National Cemetery is reaching out to the public for suggestions after Congress asked to find the means necessary to keep the burial site open, despite estimates it could run out of space in approximately 23 years. Army National Military Crematories Executive Director Karen Durham Aguilera testified before a House panel on March 8th and warned about the grim future of capacity at Arlington's base on current eligibility requirements, according to a press release. Without changes to the current eligibility requirements and physical footprint, Arlington National Cemetery will not be a borough option for most who served in the Gulf War or any conflict since, regardless of their contributions, achievements, and values, she said. The, cere- the cemetery across the Potomac River from Washington, D.C. was established during the Civil War in 1864. It includes the Tomb of the Unknowns, honor U.S. service members whose remains have not been identified. Now, this, as we said, was a story from last year. So this is something that obviously has been in the works. But this is a story that picks up every single year around this time. And it picked up with fierceness with the response and replies and all the talk and chatter going on in social media. The Facebook was off the hook, which is why it had such a massive, massive following, massive jump in response from everything going on this week. This was probably the biggest response that we've had in anything. And we'll see when we go through this year's um, top end of the year list uh, how big it, it really was. But this is one that's definitely going to fight for top spots of this year, if not take it outright. And maybe a top spot for the two years we've done this podcast. But it's a pretty serious issue. Running out of space, of course, the land that Arlington is living on is land that was donated by General Robert E. Lee. He basically ceded it to the United States after he gave up and surrendered during the Civil War. So it's essentially his farmland, which turned into the cemetery. And you know, other lands around it were, were annexed as time went on. But as the cemetery gets to fill up, as many people who deal with these things know, you can't make more land. You have to buy more land. You have to parse out more land. You have to sort of get what you can. And if things are landlocked, you're kind of stuck. A place like this has a very serious significance to people who served for us here in the United States. So not having that as an option is a big deal. What they're going to do about it, no one quite knows for sure. But we do know that space is running out for many veterans of the past couple of wars who uh, who will be dying of natural causes in old age fairly soon and not have a place to be buried, at least not have a place with the military honors they were afforded or sort of promised when they went into the service. That marks the end of the top 10 list from 10 to 1 for this week. And you made this happen. You did this. These are the stories that you cared about. And I'm really glad you cared about that Arlington story. That was an awesome one. And the Rolling Thunder. So that's two big stories for Memorial Day. To get your vote in, it's simple. You just follow what we do on social media. Your Twitter account, look up TH underscore conversation on Facebook. Look for this as a conversation and then make sure you see us in your feed. Set us so that we are visible in your feed as our stories come by. You comment on them and lots of comments on stories this week. You react to them, like them, love them, share them. Respond to me if you want. You can respond to them on the website. We pull those numbers as well and they all get put into a spreadsheet at the end of the week. Algorithms are done. Numbers are crunched and we give you all the way from 1 to this week, 136. 136 distinct different postings for the week in the news. And we tell you which ones were the ones you really cared about, the one you didn't care so much for but may be important anyway, and some of the ones that didn't quite make it in with some maybe exclamation why. So we'll get on to that in a bit. But first, segment two will be the housekeeping segment. We'll talk about some of the weird oddities of the numbers for this week 
in just a bit on the weekly wrap-up show here from thisisaconversation.com. Are you subscribed to the podcast? I mean, you're listening to the podcast, obviously, but are you subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss out on an episode? Do you have to search it out on social media or via our website? We can make it simple for you, very simple for you. We are all over the place. We are essentially anywhere your more popular podcasts are. So anywhere the kids are getting the podcast these days, we're there, plus plenty of other places. Most of the podcast apps and most of the podcast sites, to be honest, are aggregators of other sites. So they search the web and search other sites for what they have. And they scrape them and pull them as well. So we're probably wherever you're using your podcast machine from. But just in case, go to the website, thisistheconversation.com. This is the conversation.com. We have buttons that send you directly to the main sites where we are, we promote. We have links to iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whichever way you want to call it these days. Spreaker, which is our actual host, is linked there. Stitcher Radio, which is one of our more popular venues. Plus, you can catch us up on your RSS feed directly into wherever you want to as well. You can also find the links to get in with us on Twitter and Facebook. So you can follow us pretty much anywhere you want to or Get your podcast app out and search for us inside the app. This is a conversation or hashtag this is a conversation for a way to find us. Subscribe to us so you don't miss out on an episode each and every week. Let's get the housekeeping out of the way in the Mystic Segment 2 that we have here. We're still working on turning a Segment 2 into a Segment 3, or maybe it gets eliminated. We're not sure. We want to keep the segment here for the interviews, but timing and other things are making it a little more difficult. So as much as we love getting interviews here, and people who do the interviews also say they love doing the process, it's becoming quite a process to get it done. So we may have to eliminate it just for time's sake. We may turn this thing into a top five list in the future next time we turn this into whatever iteration it comes. But we're going to probably eliminate the third segment in some sense, although we do like having extra time for housekeeping as well. That's the flip side. When we do the interviews, there's not a lot of time for the housekeeping. It stretches the other segments. But we were looking into turning this into a four-segment show and splitting up the top ten into ten to six and then five to four five to one that's how numbers work we're going to see how that works out in a bit not a lot to really get into in cleaning up other than talk about some of the stories and how they got to be this week and we're going to start at the top this week with the arlington national cemetery story uh, the fact that we posted a story on monday which was memorial day because it was trending that the arlington cemetery was running out of space there's a lot of stories there's a lot of talk in the people doing live things on the day about arlington it being spotlighted on Monday and the fact that the space is not infinite at some point in time they're going to run out of space to bury soldiers and basically any soldier um, who's fought in a war a foreign war who dies in a foreign war or who has fought in a foreign war has a spot to be buried at Arlington Cemetery they also can be buried at a VA, a VA cemetery across the nation and they're also processes that pay for their plots in private places. So Arlington is not necessarily where they must end up, but if they want to get there, that's going to be a problem. The story we posted was actually from the year before, from 2017, uh, when there was some testimony going on about this issue uh, around this time last year. 
So the story we posted was not fresh, but the idea was very fresh, very top of mind because it pops up every year at this point in time. And what was really interesting about this year, of course, this year we're doing a podcast and talking about it, is that when I posted on Facebook, it got so much response. It was it was ungodly. It was it was weird, to be honest. Uh, the total response was at least twice the amount of response of any other large thing we had before. And there's a lot of chatter, a lot of just randomness chatter from people that weren't on the list, people that saw the posting in other people's feeds, I guess. And there was so much response coming through, a lot of people going back and forth, getting a little heated in some cases about what to do and getting a bit political, as people do. We're glad for your action. Hopefully a lot of them did stay around for the rest of the week and join in on the conversation. We saw an influx of people on both Facebook and Twitter for this week. But this was just such an odd as in a not normal thing, not an odd as in a bad thing, that it was kind of something to behold, watching all the back and forth. And since it was a holiday, most of the day Monday, I didn't see it. I posted some things and backed away from the computer. But come Tuesday, as this thing rambled on for a couple of days of extra response, it continued to grow on and on as the story also can grow to where people were back at work and could talk about Arlington Cemetery. We talked about the Kanye West story, the fact that we posted it relatively late on Thursday, last night as recorded this. Recorded this on June the 1st for the June 2nd release. Uh, May 31st was when it happened, and May 31st was when the event happened. So we posted a link to live events going on in Wyoming as people were going to the Kanye West listening party. By now, if you're a Kanye West fan, you've definitely heard some of the tracks off the new album, and people are going nuts over them. They'll probably be a big part of next week's countdown as well. But this was such a quick response, and the response from Twitter, which basically blew it into the stratosphere, was almost as amazingly high as the response from the Facebook post we got for Arlington. Not quite that range yet, but it was definitely in that sort of spirit. Uh, this is one of the higher-ranking Twitter feeds we've had, and the higher-ranking in such a short period of time. I will probably kill this particular story from next week, but if another story on Conway, Kanye does turn into a big story... May add these numbers for a super story and keep them around. This will probably a super story would almost guarantee him a number two spot for next week with how high this is in the three spot. We shall see how it all holds up. And this is also a really big example of how things get picked up and things get internationalized. Even if Canada's not that much of an international plot or I the Irish Times is actually a big hot button issue here. Stories that you wouldn't expect to take off took off this week. And a lot of it came from the fact that we do add in the response from both Twitter and Facebook. So there's a combination to rise things up. But the can Canadian restaurant story, explosion story, that was going to stick around anyway. It, it, it snuck in last week as a late story that morning as as it, as it entailed. And it stuck around this week because it was so high. And the Irish Times story about the repeal of the Eighth Amendment, which is on abortion in Ireland, uh, had a big response, but just enough extra response Double the response add in from Facebook and Twitter gave it a nice cushy seven spot this week as opposed to being in the fringes right at the 1415 and maybe not making it into the list. So it's amazing what makes it into the list, what makes it out of the list, and how much time it takes to get in. As we've been saying, we're working on doing more interviews, but this segment may die because interviews aren't as hard, aren't easy to do, I should say, uh, as we want them to be. And we're working on things to tweak, make things better. Let me know how I can improve those things by reaching out jclevenpain at gmail.com jclevenpain at gmail.com let me know how I can fix this and I'll try my best to fix it 
Coming up in just a bit, we'll talk about the number 136 story this week, the almost relevant story this week. Plus, we'll round out the top 15 and get in as many headlines as we have time for here from This Is Conversation's weekly wrap-up show. This is for the week ending June the 2nd, 2018. We're glad to have this program affiliated with Pulse, P-U-L-S, and we are glad that you guys loved the re- loved the service. You got so much response from people who have used the service or people who are trying out based on the fact that they are now a sponsor of This Is The Conversation's weekly wrap-up show. And so many people are in need of the service. It was, you know, I thought I was just the only one too lazy to set up their own stuff. So many people have all these smart devices and routers and TVs and watches and things that need to be connected. You know, now that your refrigerator can talk to your stove, can talk to your watch, you need these things talking in the same language and not writing each other out, if you will. So polls can come in and set up your smart home immediately quickly you set up an appointment they'll come in and do what you need they also will do what they started out doing by fixing just regular old smart appliances including phones they began their life starting off as a cell phone fixer and you can set up an appointment well they'll come to you they'll get your phone they'll take care of it they'll leave you with a nice working phone crack screens all that stuff they'll take care of it for you without you setting up an appointment to go stand in line with some genius guy they'll take care of it there and of course they set up by you know putting TVs on walls and getting things set and everything it's it's the lazy man's magical miracle is pulse they'll take care of every bit of your smart device for your home and some other things as well you just need to hook up with us so we can hook you up with them visit this is a conversation.com/puls this is a conversation.com/pulse for a great deal for home setup and they will take care of it lickety split and all the work is guaranteed check them out it's pulse Visit them at thisisaconversation.com slash pulse. Showing some love to those who showed us some love literally this week. Shout outs to some Facebook followers who got really big in the discussion. A lot of it on the Arlington National Cemetery stuff. Brian Leonard, Nick Bramblett, Casey Smith, Anthony Murphy, Andrew Revkin, Clay Moore, a few more. Vicki L. Kammer and Willard Johnson. Thank you so much for jumping on that one. And hopefully you'll stick around for more conversations we have on our social media. Also, some Twitter loves of folks, including not Adam Carolla. Also, SB, SB, SB. P podcast say that three times fast and Simon's heart for really giving us love over the we thank you so much for being a part of the conversation all over as we say it's easy just follow us on social media and you'll find that your votes your reaction with all the tweets and the Facebook posts will give you a vote into the top 10 and tell us what is not so hot including the people who did respond to the almost irrelevant story of the week this week the number 136 story and that's been a pretty heavy number for this week believe it or not even with the four day holiday four day week work week here in the states i was able to push out 136 and some of those were some promos and some combined stuff that were trimmed out so even more posts got put out there throughout the week but the 136 story this week 
Deadly pesticide use increases illegal pot farms. This story we posted on Wednesday, May 30th, so many stories that came after it were able to surpass this story. But this is a story you guys are saying did not get as much love or wasn't getting very much love, essentially, from what you wanted. Very quickly from the NBC Bay Area website, the story as they wrote it on Wednesday. Researchers and federal authorities are finding what they say is an alarming increase in the use of a powerful pesticide at illegal marijuana farms hidden on public land in California. The pesticide residue is showing up in about 30% of the plants themselves, researcher Marad Gabriel told the Associated Press. Most of the legally grown pot is destined for Midwestern and Eastern states, federal prosecutors said. Federal and state authorities are announcing Tuesday that they will target the illegal grows with $2.5 million in federal money. Now, researchers found the highly toxic pesticide carbofluoran at 72% of grow sites last year, up from 15%, yes, up from 15% in 2012, said Gabriel, executive director and senior ecologist at Integral Ecology Research Center, and one of the few researchers studying the ecological impact of illicit growth sites. So they're growing more illegal pot illegally, and they're using more illegal pesticides to grow it for the people who are actually going to use it, in some cases, legally. If that's not ironic, well, maybe I don't know what irony is anyway. Let's roll out the rest of the top 15 to get you shot, caught up on what didn't make it into the top spots this week. The number 11 story this week was subtropical storm Alberto making landfall near Laguna Beach, Florida. Now, subtropical storm Alberto came in early, posted on Monday 28th. That's when it made landfall, talking about it a few days prior to it. And the hurricane season doesn't technically start till as we record this today on the 1st of June. So it came in essentially four days early for an actual hurricane or a storm. This one is subtropical storm, not quite the strength of a tropical storm, but plenty heavy anyway, plenty of rains and flooding coming into the area for the Gulf Coast. The number 12 story, something happened just yesterday. Trump pardons Dinesh D'Souza. He also floated the pardons of Martha Stewart and Rob Govich, or at least a communication commutation of his sentencing. Uh, Trump going on the bandwagon for just getting all his controversial pardons out of the way early so that no one's going to talk about him on his way out the door. Dinesh D'Souza, of course, uh, arrested, uh, tried and prosecuted for what was essentially uh, con- contribution fraud for uh, for campaigns. Uh, he pleaded guilty for that, by the way. Uh, he's a, a conservative blathermouth and he uh, said some pretty nasty things about Mr. Obama and that's why essentially he was quote unquote targeted for the trial and that's why Trump let him go or is letting him go because he thinks he got a raw deal. Martha Stewart of course uh, taken down for for tax evasion mostly essentially lying to the feds on some forms uh, when she went down when she's back doing some stockbroking stuff some money laundering things and Martha Stewart essentially getting the pardon mostly because she was on the apprentice even though she and he don't like each other, but partially because his her crime was prosecuted by that guy who used to run the FBI. Yeah. Rob Gablojevich, uh, who I always butcher his name, not going to get out of jail, but will have his sentence commuted from one spot to another, mostly for the same raw deal clause as well. Although a lot of this stuff is proving that no matter what you do, Trump's got your back. He's going to end up pardoning you. And this is going out as a more, more or less a message to those folks that need to make sure they stay buttoned up and don't drop a dime on Trump. Oklahoma City shooting. Armed citizen kills restaurant shooter. Another sh- another incident in a restaurant, this time in Oklahoma City. Uh, the armed shooter was there. He was there to help. An armed citizen. 
you know, a good guy with a gun in this case, stopping a, a robbery. It's something that's really weird, but you need to check it out uh, when you look at it online. Alexa Echo sent recorded conversations in unlikely string of events. That unlikely string of events was a family was doing minor business, and then somehow, some way, somebody said something, and their Alexa started to record some of their conversations, which happens more or less often because Alexa is always listening. But then it selected those conversations, saved them, and emailed some random person on the email list. No one in particular, just one person that it deemed necessarily to tell the tale on, to basically rat them on. That person called them up and said, hey, you need to unplug your Alexa right now and reset it. No one's sure exactly how this thing happened, but enough random commands went off and it turned it into a little spying machine. I saw this firsthand actually last night watching the NBA Finals as they ran some commercials for the Google Home, the Google Home, and I have a Google Home Mini that sits next to the TV. And as those commercials ran, uh, it started giving me weird things like tell me the address to the local BMW dealer and just randing out random places and doing asking for random things. Because the commercials kept essentially overacting, over-interacting with the device. Something to look out for as we get closer and closer to these things taking over the world. And the number 15 story this week, Lakers not interested in Leangelo Ball joining Lonzo in L.A. Leangelo Ball is the younger brother of Lonzo Ball. He being the rookie, or I guess no longer a rookie for this year, now coming up on his second season for the Los Angeles Lakers. And the son of LeVar Ball, who has another ball in the waitings and he had a plan from you know the birth of the balls kids to have them all play for the lakers he got lonzo on the lakers he is a very loud very proud very obnoxious very just rude guy who did a lot of things and made his way he took his kids out of school one out of college one out of high school one for maybe getting kicked off his college squad and one for just not being all that great but wanting to play basketball. Took him over to Lithuania to play basketball for a year, now trying to get the other one ready for the draft, and the draft ain't ready for Leangelo. Leangelo, by all accounts, by all scouts, by all talent that exists, saying the kid's not ready for the big leagues. But Lavar's not having it. He still thinks it's going to happen. No one else apparently thinks this is going to happen. We'll see what happens when the actual draft comes around so we are done for rounding out all the stories you got into and with the time left we'll get to as many of the headlines as we can between here and there things have popped up throughout the week that didn't quite make it into the higher grass or the very low grass once again thank you so much for joining us for this is a conversation and being a part of everything going on remind you that all you need to do to make sure that your vote gets counted is to vote and to vote, just follow us on social media and follow along with the stories that pop up. Interact with the stories on Twitter at TH underscore conversation and on Facebook at This Is The Conversation. The more you interact, like, love, share, hate, and reply, the more votes it gets. There you go. So, And we also make sure that you want to be more engaged in the conversation, have more people engage for great conversations. So follow us and make sure that you get us followed. Share us with friends enemies and random strangers to get more people in on these things let's roll in with as many of these headlines as we possibly can in the remaining time that is here starting off with the walking dead star andrew lincoln's going out in season nine he's calling a shot and after season nine looks like big money's coming to norman Reedus, who will be the main star from that point on ufc fighter nick diaz was arrested on suspicion of domestic virus in las vegas this weekend also, we got a big report that the White House is, of course, denying that 
Hurricane Maria actually had 4,600 people killed during that ordeal, while the official toll is only at 70. The governor of Puerto Rico is sticking with the official toll. The Harvard study that put this up is saying, no, 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 no. After 36 years, the Equal Rights Movement has been amended in Illinois. Yes, the state never amended the Equal Rights Amendment, so essentially... They could discriminate you. Well, they actually couldn't discriminate against you, but they just didn't ratify it like the rest of the nation had. Not sure what the holdup was. Maybe they want to blame Obama for that as well. Oh, by the way, Roseanne got canceled this week. Didn't know that. Roseanne Barr sent off some very crazy tweets this week and got her show canceled and everybody that worked for her essentially fired. Samantha B. also had to apologize for some nasty things she said. She used the C word uh, towards Ivanka Trump in a taped thing, because their show was taped like the day before, and played it overnight, and the next morning gave plenty of apologies for using that word towards Ivanka Trump. And, of course, that gets thrown in the bandwagon of all the double standards that went towards Roseanne. So is there a double standard? Probably, but we'll see how that works out. As we said earlier, Will Power is actually your winner for the Indianapolis 500. We didn't talk about in the top 10 because apparently that wasn't big enough for you to talk about. You want to talk about Dan and Patrick crashing early in the race, and that's where we went. And very quickly, a hero being called Spider-Man in France. A man, non-citizen man, climbed up four balconies to rescue a child who was hanging off a balcony, unattended by his father, who was off playing Pokemon Go. That man getting French citizenship. The father is probably going to be blasted for the rest of his life. Thank you so much for joining us for the podcast. We love you guys and thank you so much for keeping this thing going we can't do it without your help your voice your votes in the response keep it going share it with folks subscribe to the podcast and of course be back here next week for more hopefully greater hopefully awesomer hopefully gooder things from the weekly wrap-up show from me jay cleveland Payne, and this is the conversation.com 